Rabbits. If you have not followed his Triple H Horse Racing Podcast, you're missing out. It's one of the best podcasts in the country. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Saratoga Today for August 19th, 2023. I'm your host, Kyle Roscoe, with a man that you don't see on the screen with me very often, my co-host, Paul Halloran, for today. Paul, how are you doing, my friend? Well, hello, Kyle. Good morning. <laughs> like I said, um, for those of you that don't know, there's been a little bit of changes to this sequence as we are covering the early pick five at Saratoga this morning as Paul Halloran, along with Howard and Pete, on Thursday covered the late pick five, including the Lake Placid and the Alabama Stakes. If you haven't checked that out yet, would highly recommend as it was a very, very good show. And they had a lot of very strong opinions for those two races, especially. But for those of you that don't know, there was a big change or not necessarily a big change, I guess. Only one race was taken off the turf. But as I share my screen right now from Naira about um, about three hours ago at 643 in the morning, 2611 have been taken off the turf this more uh, today and 3710 remain on the turf including the Lake Placid Stakes, which is race number seven, I believe. But um, so that will take off this maiden special weight for, for the two-year-old maiden special weight for 136 off the turf. Um, this will be run at a mile on the dirt out of the Wilson shoot now. So that would be something to keep in mind for your guys' handicapping this morning. But most of all, uh, welcome in, everybody. Thanks so much for joining the show. Greatly appreciate it. You see Howard's. Uh, email going on the bottom of the screen, hkravitzhorse at gmail.com. Please email him with any questions, comments, concerns, and then real quick, go through the peripherals, and then we'll go through a special show for those of you that don't know that's coming up actually right after this edition of Saratoga today. But Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor is where you can find all of not only every episode of Saratoga today, but every episode of Betting and Boozing on Wednesdays, every episode of the flagship show on Thursdays, and any other episode that goes up on the HHH Racing Podcast YouTube channel gets uploaded audio only to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. The regular power picks, patreon.com slash HHH Racing Podcast. You get two full card, uh, two full tracks every Saturday for only $4 a weekend, including um, full ABC grids, full top threes for all races, spot plays, price plays, anything you would need. Um, and if you're not subscribing, you're definitely missing out as these are very cheap and very profitable patreon.com slash HHH racing podcast. And the same goes for the new Saratoga our only power picks. We had a rough start to the year with all the races being taken off the turf. Now last week, I believe we had eight separate winners for $50 or more. So you are definitely missing out now if you're not subscribed yet. And now is the time as next weekend you'll have them for everything on Travers weekend, hhhracingpodcast.com. And on the top of the screen, you'll see Power Picks tip sheet as a banner. Click that, and that'll take you right to the Power Picks. But, Paul, I'm not going to waste anyone's uh, any more time to get into the sequence. But right after this show, ladies and gentlemen, there will be a podcast, a special podcast on Saturday morning covering Sunday at Woodbine, as Howard called it, an emergency podcast that we need to have covering uh, Sunday at Woodbine and the middle all stakes pick five, including the $1 million Kings plate. It's uh, Woodbine's featured day of the year. So if you're in, at all interested in that, which I would highly recommend, stay tuned after this show on the HHH Racing Podcast YouTube channel as 
this as the Woodbine show will be coming up at 11.30 a.m. Eastern time. But, Paul, like I said, we're not going to waste anyone's time. We're going to get right into the racing here. Race number one is a maiden special weight, 136,000 for two-year-olds going six furlongs on the dirt. And as I bring it up here, the morning line favorite, I believe, is the number seven. No, the number three, Huntball for Mott and Alvarado and Godolphin, which was actually, I guess, not a little bit surprising as he does have a little bit of buzz with his works and stuff like that. But I definitely thought there would have been others being the morning line favorite, including the one you have on top, which is Risk It for Asmussen, Gaffleone, and a $500,000 purchase for Winchell. Well, I think the buzz is how it comes from. This is a hunt ball is a half to our good friend Cody's wish. That's correct. So that'll, uh, that, that'll get you, <laughs> that'll get you some buzz. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, I went with the Asterson. You know, he was on with Steve Bick earlier this week, and Steve usually coaxes one horse out of him uh, for the week. You know, the, the, the quote Steve Asterson, lock of the week. This yep. is the horse he mentioned. Um, you know, the gun runners, uh, gun runner with two year old first time starters, 19%. Asterson with two-year-old first-time starters in dirt sprints at Saratoga the last five years, 26%. So, uh, you know, the rail is not ideal yeah. for a first-timer uh, unless he comes out running, if he doesn't come out running. So that would be the only uh, hazard. Uh, but uh, the horse has been working uh, pretty well. Uh, B workout is last time out. And uh, I don't think you're going to see four to one on this horse. Yeah. And like I said, I don't think you're going to see three to one on my top choice either. But this is the great part about this. These races, having them first is this is a complete watch the board race as you never know who's going to be taking that much money. But as Paul touched on the number three, he's a half to Cody's wish out of the same damn um and Huntball gets uh, into mischief. So, you know, that's a pretty deadly combo just as much as um, Cody's Wish being done by Curlin, although Paul would probably disagree with that statement as, you know, the love for Curlin. But, I mean, Huntball, he's been working really well. He's got Bs the last two, I believe, of his workouts on the workout report that we got uh, last night. So, Huntball, just it like makes a lot of sense. And if he carries any type of that Cody's Wish pedigree that, uh, dance card gave him Huntball could definitely be interesting in this type of spot. Paul, you have the number seven special element in third, technically the quote unquote other Mott, as we like to say, Jose Lascano for Pin Oak Stud. Uh, raced earlier, lost to a very nice horse in Pirate. Yeah, I, I thought that was a key race, Kyle. Uh, Pirate looked as probably, uh, I think, probably as good as any two year old yeah. we've seen coming out of the main ranks. And then just Steele came back to win. Uh, I think it was last weekend. It might have been earlier this week. Um, they all run together, Kyle. But yeah. Just Steele, <laughs> Just Steele did come back and win. You know, races like this, Kyle. I always like to try to identify uh, whom I thought was is the best of the horses who have run. You know, yeah. too many times you'll see almost all first time starters, and then. Uh, up pups a horse who has won a race. There is something to be said for the experience. I, I thought based on that race, uh, took some money, uh, eight to one. Uh, I, I thought that there was, uh, he was clearly the choice among those who have run. 
I mean, you know, like you said, losing behind Pirate, who looks one of the best two-year-olds in the country right now, and then Just Steele came back to run an 88 buyer after his 60, I think I saw 68 last time. So massive improvements going all around from that key race, and I do agree with you, Paul, now that I'm looking at it a little bit further. But I went with the number eight, Gypsy Mischief, for motion. Franco, he got a B workout the last time with that bullet going 48-2. and two. Motion just looks to have Gypsy Mischief up and ready to go. And I like the outside draw for Gypsy Mischief to be able to get a clean run on the leaders. But um, your your points about the number seven special element are definitely taken. And if he starts taking a, lo- a lot of money, maybe, you know, third, I believe he'll probably be third choice behind the top two. Um, but special element is definitely interesting in this type of spot but real quick i'm gonna go over before we move on to the next race i'm gonna go over a few chats i see a lot of people thank you guys so much for watching the show greatly appreciate it mike lawson is here 11 is off yes it is yep you gotta the mats a maiden 40 i believe the last one right so yeah that you figure that would be one of the first ones to go charles b is here thanks so much for the kind words charles greatly appreciate it uh just try to guess which horses were off the turf and um one of the horses that i liked originally on the turf stayed on the off the turf race and won going away. I believe that was the, the Clement horse, I believe in the first race that we or the second race that we covered, but Peter Appleby is here. Welcome to day two of the racing Wilson shoot racing festival. Not fully Peter, not fully. We still got some turf races, all the inside, tur- all the inner turf races were taken off. All the melon turf races are good to go, but Jim Pilars is here. Good morning. See the A team on here, absolutely, Jim C. That's that's an astute viewer right there, Paul. You're certainly right about that. That's damn right. And then look who else is here, Christine Race. Thank you, Paul. Didn't get a chance to thank you. Been playing only letter picks and rusting. Did well with Prisoner yesterday. Thank you, sir. Yes, we did have two out of three spot plays win yesterday for those SPP provide uh, subscribers. Heating up, Paul. Heating up. People got to get in now. This is the time. Uh, and then Mike Monroe says, good morning. Asmussen rumored to be a runner in the first today, as Paul touched on. Uh, Raymond Cromley's here. Jeffrey Wilson's here. Thank you guys so much. Racing Downwind is also here. Thank you guys all for joining the show. Greatly, greatly appreciate it. We have a pretty big audience this morning. But, Paul, moving on. Race number two is was carded for the turf at a mile and a 16th. <laughs> now taken off the turf to be run in the Wilson shoot at a mile it's two-year-olds for 136000 made in special weight. And as I switch the picks right now, you see um, you have the number two, Tom Collins, in first, who I have in third. But, um, I mean, he's been working lights out on the dirt, so it doesn't look like he'll have any trouble taking to it. Yeah, and this is where it gets difficult. You know, you're trying to guess, Scott. You know, you, I have a page full of notes here on, you know, turf pedigrees and first-time starter turf pedigrees and trainer with first-time starters on yep. turf. Um, so, and, and now that I'm looking at it, I, your 15, obviously, that you have in there has to be used. I, I kind of whiffed on him. But but anyway, um you know, I, I'm, I, I went back to looking at, obviously, dirt pedigrees, and I, I landed on the frosted. Um, you know, Suge is not great with first-time starters. Uh, two-year-old first-time starters, however, he is 14% the last five years. Actually, he is much better on dirt than turf in that category. Mm-hmm. It drops down to 9% on turf. Uh, so I, I'm assuming that this horse will – will stay in. This looks like the type of horse that they entered that, that could go either way. And uh, 
I, I landed on him. I, I thought the other two were playable, though. I, I, I had in my note that the three horse didn't have much turf pedigree, so that, that he became one of my dirt picks. Yep. Uh, classic empire out of a Divine Park male mayor and uh bill mott uh first time turf is like five for 83 mm-hmm. so he's much better on dirt and but i as i said uh you're the 15 uh, which you don't see in my top three is, is certainly a must use as the only mto right exactly and that's you know i always talk about it on the um on bed and boozing but you know these mtos they card especially when a chad gets into an mto they definitely take a lot of interest and Pratt gets aboard for a Vino Rosso, who you don't see too odd, too many of uh, Vino Rosso Colts, but all of his uh, Colts and Phillies have been running on the dirt uh, sprinting mainly. It's their four for 30, um, led by the wine steward who won at Belmont sprinting at five furlongs. But I think the 15, especially drawing the outside and most likely will not be anywhere near the 15 hole. When this goes off, I'm thinking with the scratches and stuff like that that'll come out of this race, which in the chat, if you see um, Andy Serling or anyone else post scratches, please let us know. Um, We would greatly appreciate it. And we'll go back over the scratches that we have. But um, I think the 15 is a definite use. If he comes out of the 10 hole, I like the clear for these two year olds. So right to vote is definitely someone that needs to be used. But I actually went with the number six Wally world for Chad and Pratt, even though Chad, Thought this thought he was definitely meant for turf. He's been he worked really well in the dirt out of an Uncle Mo mare. Um, obviously, Uncle Mo is a lot better on the has been a lot better on the dirt more than ready. You can look, he's been just as good with his dirt as he is with his turf. So, I'm very interested in the number six Wally Worth who looks to get a pretty nice trip from the middle uh, post positions in this spot. Was sold for 220 and it, like I said, has been working out pretty well in the morning so hopefully wally world can work out a decent trip and then the last one you have paul was blast furnace in second i'm not the the only thing i had this horse in first originally actually um going on the turf i just didn't know if he was going to stay on or not when they took it off the turf yeah you don't know i mean three devoe is very first time uh when she takes over she's 20 percent um and for three on maiden turf races, so yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I'm really it, it's a guessing game, I and mean, no reason with the factor not to. Uh, I will say that that race that uh, this cold comes out of at Gulfstream, that Royal Palm, yep. uh, sent uh, three horses have come back to win so far, and no name, no name, Met would have been the prohibitive favorite in, in the skid boy yesterday yep. had it stayed on the turf. So that is kind of a key race, but no, we, we, we're, I'm not sure what, uh, what I mean, Ms. DeVoe's thinking, but I suspect we'll find out shortly. Yep. And I mean, that's the fun of it, Paul, you know, is you, you always get the... fun is one fun is one word, Kyle. <laughs> I was going to think Royal pain in the ass, which is yeah. more than one word, but let's see, that's four words. Yep. Okay. Yeah. It, it, very similar in meaning. Yeah, and a, yeah. one I would definitely agree with more considering the fact that, you know, it's just a guessing game with these types of races, especially when we do these shows in the morning. You kind of just got to, you know, handicap it who you think is going to be on the turf. But, you know, I mean, there's no there's no info going around. You just got to hope and pray. Obviously, the only one that's for sure going to get in is most likely the 15 on the outside. Anyone other than that is a guessing game. But real quick. um Let's see. I'm going to go through some comments. Carlos 
Hello from Puerto Rico, Carlos. Thanks so much for doing the show, my friend. Buenos dias, Carlos. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Carlos, for joining the show, man. Greatly appreciate it. Um, let's see. Mike Monroe, how about the five in the second race stretching out for Irad and McCarthy? Um, going out or McCarthy or oh, f- oh, from Trevor McCarthy. That was stupid, in my opinion. I'm an idiot. Um, but I mean, Sano actually has been two for five this meet. I like the second time out angle. He just hasn't been working well enough for me to consider him in a group like this. But he said off the turf races, anything can happen. So the number five is def could definitely be interesting in this type of spot. Um, and uh, keep it uh, keep in mind with Sano, you'll see in the form the last two years he and I read are forty five percent. That that stays to twenty six percent over five years. So uh, it is of note. Uh, in, yep. in a maiden special uh, at Saratoga in which um, Chad Brown has one Chad has a horse uh, that Irad lands on Mr. Sano's horse. Yeah, and I'm assuming a lot of those numbers probably come from his time down in Gulfstream. As we all know, Sano's a big um, Florida guy, so I'm assuming it comes from that winter meet, but I mean, 45% over the last year is nothing to be you know, it's nothing to shy away from, that's for sure. And then I'll bring up Howard's comment. We'll move on. Best name of the year is the number six. Check out the name of the dam, then the horse. Absolutely. We always love a good uh, National Lampoon's reference. And Forced Family Fun is uh, the name of the dam and Wally World, of course, most likely pertaining to the Griswolds. Absolutely great name. Uh, but we'll move on right now to race number three, which is, as I try and get over there while my computer lags breaking news it's on the turf <laughs> it is on the turf that as you know contrary to popular opinion it is on the turf and as i switch over the picks right now you'll see we are um both paul and i are going with the number one my sweet affair which i actually i didn't think paul was actually going to pick my sweet affair as you all know uh, we don't see each other's picks until you know 15 minutes beforehand but uh, my sweet affair coming off the Galway, which was only seven days ago at this point, Paul. Yeah, and, and I, I kept it pretty simple here, Kyle. My sweet affair was my top pick in the Galway, <laughs> and my logic, using some Jesuit logic, uh, if I liked her in a stakes race a week ago, I'm going to play her in an allowance race today. Uh, she did not run particularly well. Uh, she was. She was on the pace, uh, had every chance, and, you know, really didn't finish. Um, However, I do – you know, this is a good allowance race, but I I don't think top to bottom it's as as good a race as that. Uh, It is interesting. uh, Weaver, over the last uh, year, has only tried this uh, three uh, three times, has not won any of the times. I didn't go back – I'll have to – I should go back five years on that, but – but anyway, th- this horse uh, should be forward, was forward last time in the stakes, uh, figures to go from the inside. I mean, the fours has a lot of speed. Uh, there is speed in the race. Obviously, it's a turf sprint. I get it. Don't think uh, the one has to be on the lead. I'm looking yeah. at the Monmouth race, two back, where she clo- you know, she had closed the last two. So I'm, I'm not – you know, maybe they were that close last time just because of the post. Yep. You know, she was she was the ten horse in the nine post 
Uh, and, you know, you don't want to get caught too wide in these turf sprints, but I would look for a little bit of a different trip this time. I actually really liked the fact that she didn't need the lead, Paul. At least that's the way I thought as well. Coming off a race where she didn't run particularly well or at all for that matter, um, it, George Weaver wouldn't put her in the spot if he didn't if he didn't think she wasn't ready. So my sweet affair looks. I think she's going to get a really good, maybe like pocket type trip from the two hole and maybe and a nice tip out of the top of the stretch in front of the on the outside of the speed could work really well to this Phillies. Um, Favor. I just think she sits a really good trip in this spot. Paul, you have the number four, Numero Sace, in second, who looks to be one of the speed of the speeds. But um, I was actually very interested to hear why you went with Numero Sace instead of the number six, the War Horse, on the outside. Well, uh, I thought that uh, horses have come back to run well out of that Ellis race, including Playlist, who won right back. Uh, Joe Shop is sharp, literally. <laughs> Uh, uh, he is, uh, he, he wins a 15% at Saratoga out of the, over the last five years. And when you, uh, filter that down to turf sprints, it goes up to 21%. Mm-hmm. Tyler has had an outstanding meet. He's winning at over 21, uh, 20%. He's at 21. And, uh, you know, I think the Wesley's, the Wesley wards are always going to be over a bet a little Correct. bit in, yep. in this type of scenario. So therefore I'm going to try to get the four involved. I, I love I love that type of uh, logic just because, I mean, shoot out the lights. Who's the number six for the ward that I have in third? Um, he looks to set a decent trip from the outside, but he's one of many speeds in this type of race, both to his inside and to her outside. We're doing it, Paul, to me and you, as usual, but to her out, to her inside and to her outside to where I don't think she sits a very good trip at all in this spot. She's not working necessarily sharp by any means for, as we would normally see from a Wesley Ward. You, I, my guess is you will not get three to one on this type of Philly. You'll most likely get two to one. Um, I just think there's many other different ways you can go, which to create a little bit more value than going with the number six, shoot out the lights, but she definitely can win in a spot like this. Paul, I'll let you touch on uh, Georgie spirit and we'll move on. You have, her in third, I have her in second, um, coming off to a nice stakes race, and obviously ran in the Miss Grillo last year. Yeah, and and I think uh, obviously we we talk about these turf sprints. Uh, you know, they, they do in an odd way set up for closers to, to at least get a piece of it. Uh, and I think with Pratt, uh, I think this horse will be coming. I wanted to make two notes, Kyle, before we go. Yep. Uh, on the George Weaver one to seven day stat, if you go back five years, it be, it's, it goes from 0 for 3 to 2 for 8, which is 25%. So we like that. And in the interest of trying to keep our folks informed, uh, I did uh, I did reach out to uh, our friend Junior Alvarado, who is, I've dealt with a lot, obviously, through the Cody's Wish, just to get some general thoughts and uh, he says the three has a very culty attitude, so uh, they're expecting a good race and a, a teaching experience for him. So, whatever that's worth, but uh, they, uh, you know, Mott doesn't typically have them cranked up. However, however, if you just go back the last few years, mm-hmm. uh, he's he's really been. Do- I think he made a joke about it uh, during this meet. He said he's learning how to train or something like that. So, you know, that's the type of a horse. Uh, I don't want to go backwards. I know we have to get moving forward, but no, I did just good. get that. So I wanted to, um, you know, 
I certainly can't get beat <laughs> by him. No, I, I know you can't. That's Others might. But, uh, yeah, so I, I'm encouraged about that Weaver stat, uh, stretching it out to five years. And, and to your question on Georgie's spirit, um, I do think that uh, this uh, she will be closing. And, uh, you know, Pratt is good on everything, Kyle. But, yep. boy, he just has some turf rides that you just after the race say, wow. You just got to marvel a lot. Yep. And he'll, he'll, have a, he'll have a ride tonight you won't want to miss. That is Over true. Over at Saratoga Harness in a charity uh, match race on the harness track. Oh, don't I wish I were in town for that. Anyway. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. For those of you that don't know, Flavian actually um, – I don't know if he grew up driving harness or – yeah, his family. Um, it was in his family. There you go. Okay. And they have tracks in France. I've heard him talk about it, Kyle, where they it is not unusual to have harness and thoroughbred race uh flat races on the same card. Yeah. So there. Which I mean, like I said, and then yeah, be on the lookout for that at uh at Saratoga Harness. Uh they're gonna be running Flavian Pat's gonna be driving uh, a match race for charity today, as Paul just brought up. Um, think about last thing, Paul, and then we'll move on. A Roth yeah. brings up in the chat: Weaver might scratch the one entered entered her just to make sure the race goes to the one A. Um, the one A who we didn't talk about is Miss Domina, all the way on the outside, I believe, in the uh, in the nine gate. Um, do you have anything kind of um, covering that before we move on? Yeah, um, that that's a you know again we're we're into the guessing games here. And that's certainly an educated guess. Um, uh, You know, in other words, he would have perhaps scratched the one a, I I don't know that my sweet affair would have stayed in if it were on dirt. So um, I'm not sure, you know, same owners, uh, which is why they're coupled. Um, That that's a good question. Although let's just say this, Kyle, George Weaver is not making too many incorrect decisions That's, at this meeting. That is very true, especially lately, considering he's eight for twenty-eight, winning at almost a thirty percent. Yeah, and which you know what, yeah. good for him, and got taken yeah. down. Uh, poor Coach Parcells. Yeah, I know. Got taken down in the stakes on Thursday. Yeah. Uh, so that would have been nine wins for George. So. So brutal. We won't get into that because we're going to start. Howard and I covered it. We already yep. covered it. Uh, that sounds good to me. Paul, moving Go on. Go back and watch the Thursday show if you want to talk about that. And there's some good banter in there, so I would highly recommend going to watch it. Guys, moving on to race number four, uh, claiming $16,000, six furlongs on the dirt. Um, I went with the number one, Ensign Parker. Paul's going with the number five, uh, Ragtime Blues for Peter Walder and Luis Saez. Paul, go ahead. Tell tell me why I'm wrong and why Ragtime Blues is going to Oh, I'm not telling anyone while they're wrong. And <laughs> I, I don't have a real strong feeling in this yeah. race. I will tell you why I landed with the five. Um, you know, not that this is much. I, 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 I like to cut backs much better, you know, two turns to seven furlongs. But this horse is cutting back a furlong. And if you look at uh, his last two races, uh, he was forward and then really checked it in. Um I just think this is the type of horse that Luis Saez tends to move up a little. Yeah. You know what I mean? Tends to, they don't tend to chuck it in quite so early. Uh, and, you know, he's, look at Irad and Tyler. It's not about them. It's just, no. it's the type of horse. And, um, you know, this horse is a, is a claiming war horse. It's been claimed five times in the, the last, whatever, eight months, four times in the last eight months. So, you know, 
it has a, a back number uh, earlier this year at Aqueduct. Um, I'm not sure where it came from, Kyle, but a 94 buyer looks kind of like, you know, he wins by a pole in this race. Yep. <laughs> able to run back to anything close to that. Um, you know, uh, Walder's okay. Uh, no issues. Wald doesn't run many up there. He's one for seven. So, yeah, not in a race, I didn't have a strong feeling. My angle is that uh, Saez moves, uh, drops a little bit, and, and Saez moves a horse like this up. Yeah, and we always say, one thing I always talk about it with Saez is he's a rider, one, very aggressive. Two, he really keeps after his horses, which is why, actually, for Crownsway, we really like to have him ride our horses because, you know, it's not necessarily that other guys necessarily give up, but Saez is always going after the minor placings. So even if he, you know, doesn't have the horse to win, he'll still try his hardest to get any type of placing he can. And for a horse like Ragtime Blues, who's been through the ringer many times, especially who wants to be a little bit closer to the front, I think Louis Saez is definitely the best jockey for this horse. And actually, Paul Howard's agreeing with you. As he said he bet Ragtime Blues heavily last time. Didn't break well, rushed up from the inside. Nice pick to you. Look at that. You're there getting, is you're... nothing. Let me tell you, folks. <laughs> there is nothing in racing. Nothing. Some people say, what's the greatest thing in racing? Oh, an afternoon at Del Mar, being in the backyard at Saratoga. No, no, no. To be validated by Uncle Howard on a Saturday morning live on the air, folks. Okay? <laughs> this is going to be a good day. Absolutely. It's a great day to have a great day, Paul, is what we say around here i went with the number one ensign parker ray handle dylan davis first off the trainer switch last time out i get i understand that um he lost or actually he ran beaten claimers last time out but um he's three for 34 but that last race um where he did get a little bit of an easy trip but from the rail i'm hoping that he's able he's not necessarily a horse that needs the lead but will be close i think if he runs back to that 78 last time out um he'll have a very strong chance to win a race like this where there's not too much of um, competition otherwise. But I just, like I said, I get, a, I get a nice price with Ray and Dylan, and hopefully he sits a good trip from the inside rail uh, to tip out at the top of the stretch. But I also, Paul, did not have a very strong opinion in this race. As you can see, we have six different horses on the screen right now. But the Yeah, numbers... I gotta, more work is required on this race, I, I think. Or well, maybe less work. Well, yeah, one way or another. You can go many different ways, but you went the number seven, Poppy's Pride in second, Gustavo Rodriguez, Jose Lascano. Just again, another, you know, hardcore claiming horse. Yeah, these are, you know, 16 is almost as, not as low as it gets up there, but almost as low as it gets. And, you know, this is a horse who's on the board uh, more than 50% of the time. Lascano is having a very good beat. Boy, he's, you know, he's that guy, you know, he, he he's not quite, you know, the Irad Pratt. Uh, level, uh, let's say. Uh, but boy, I'll tell you, honest effort every time. You could argue that on Perf, he's he may be as good as any of them. And uh, you know, he's ridden the, he he's ridden this horse the last two times. And I, you know, I certainly think he's going to be involved uh, somewhere around the wire. Yeah, and Poppy's Pride was ran some really nice races at Goldstream. This that's where I remember this horse from last year. When I was watching, because for those of you that don't know, I like I was a very heavy Goldstream player up until um, this show, honestly. And then I kind of, you know, we started bouncing around everywhere. But um, I loved Goldstream. So Poppy's probably was a very nice, you know, optional claiming runner last year at Goldstream. 
has been bounced around now in New York, obviously with all the different all the different trainers between Gary Scotcha and William Thomas and Tom Morley and now Gustavo Rodriguez. Um, he'll def she definitely looks to be there, uh, probably surprised, but she just hasn't or he hasn't shown that he's been able to stay these past few times, although he has been involved with some hot paces. So the seven's definitely interesting. I went the number 10, no more talk in second for Wayne Potts. Ired jumps aboard. This is another one that likes to be aggressive, but I don't think he needs the lead by any means. Um, from the outside gate, if he runs back to any of those 82s or 83s he ran at Belmont, uh, no more talk could be extremely interesting. I think last time, you know, he just was pretty wide and just didn't really get a pace at all to run into. So hopefully this race can set up for him as there's a pretty decent amount of speed, at least in my opinion, in this race. And I want the number six in Sky We Trust in third. Another one that looks like um, has been aggressive in the past, but definitely, I think, benefits from a little bit of a stalking to closing trip. And if the pace does melt down, I was looking for um, anyone to pick up the pieces and in Skyway Trust with Carmouche aboard, I think, could be the horse that just fits that bill to run about a mid-70s buyer and maybe pick up the pieces in this race. And, and don't thumb your noses at the Pox lines. We've had yep. a few Finger Lakes horses already uh, uh, win. Uh, several guys ship up from Pox successfully. Uh, Butchie Reed, John Service. Scott Lake is, is is one of the top guys down there. Yep. Scott Lake formerly trained on the Naira circuit uh, for many years. So don't uh, you know? don't discount this horse. Just because he's from Pox. The, the only thing about your theory, Khaled, it's just hard to um, uh, vision envision a Kendrick horse running like that, right? Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> it's it's, it's got to be very difficult for him to sit and wait. He just he's as good as anyone is getting him involved early. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, like I said, that, that's the thing is this horse has been involved early, you know, earlier in his career. So the fact that you know maybe. Scott Lake is going to say, you know, we're going to try and get a little bit closer. And Kendrick's going to be like, all right, let's go. Let's do it. But you have the number two, Handsome Cat in third. And then um, just give your opinion. I mean, 82s for David Jacobson. Now gets um, a bug who actually we met. He's a, I mean, uh, Olaf Hernandez Moreno is a very, I mean, he's a super great kid. Um, we talked with him for um, probably a few, uh, probably like 30 minutes on that uh, tour with, um, what's it called? But with Mig, but. A handsome cat, definitely interesting, especially with those past buyers at Aqueduct. Yeah, I mean it's it's a you know it's a, obviously a huge uh, class strub. It's, it's it's just interesting that California bred who has run in California and at Penn National running here at Saratoga. So it's kind of an eclectic horse, and uh, it, it, but that is a uh, it certainly uh, is a, a big class drop but jacobson claimed this horse out of california it looks like back last yep. fall so uh he's david's has been kind of around but you know that horse he lost to last time jake rocks is a uh pretty good horse so uh yeah you know we'll see uh uh mr hernandez moreno has a win uh, yep. on the uh on the docket so uh, good for him all that all that talk i just did about no more talk and I should have done the latter. Should have done no more talk as he is scratched out of this race as law as well as the number four winning drive. As Mike DeMonroe just posted, Andy Serling has posted the scratches for this race. And actually, out of the first race, the only scratch is the number eight, Gypsy Mischief, who I actually had in third. Um, and then that's the second, sig that's significant. Yeah, I agree with you. 
um, and the number in the second race, the only one that's actually scratched due to the off turf is the number four buffoon. So I don't. Oh, I'm looking at Friday. How am I doing? <laughs> this is uh, what happens at the end of the Sarat toward it, the end of the Saratoga. It day. all blends together, Paul. I completely get it. Um, yeah, so out of, out of this race, well, I wasn't going to say that, Paul. Come on. But the uh, the fourth race, the only ones that are out of the number four winning drive, number 10, no more talk. Paul, we're going to move on to race number five here. Uh, the scratches in this race are the number four, Tivy, and the number six, Letty. Those two are out of this spot, and we actually have none of those horses anyway, so it doesn't matter. Um, you are going with the number three, Abadeen in or a bad in something. I'm going to go with Abadeen because it sounds cooler. Uh, yeah. But yeah. For Fletcher, well, I read three diamonds. You know, and I did have the morning line uh, when I made these selections, which is not always the case. But, and I know it's an entry, but is is the one entry really a seven to five shot here? And if so, yeah, um, where do I get in line to try to bet against? <laughs> um you know, the, the Fusque Island has a triple-digit buyer, two back. I mean, I'm not, you know, I, I can read the form, but, you know, that's an optional claimer. Uh, it's actually, this is a this is a non-winners of 1x for a 150 if you're a New York bred, 115 if you're just a regular inferior yep. horse, 150 <laughs> if you're a superior New York bred. Um, aren't you supposed to try to beat, if, if that 7-5 yeah. to five is legit, aren't you supposed to try to, beat that and you know i i thought that that this pletcher horse took some money last time you know he took a ton of money at monmouth and and did not uh did not run particularly well maybe that's why he drifted up to five to two last time but mm -hmm. wasn't really uh you know i read really didn't have to hustle him too much to get to the lead by the time he got the kind of eased to the lead and you know, very professional performance. It's uh, a $310,000 uh, yearling. Um, mm -hmm. uh, uh, pardon me, a $310,000 two-year-old at OBS yeah. last year. Uh, by Spitestown, uh, Pletcher, Irad. I, I just think the disparity in three to one on this horse versus seven to five on the entry, uh, I, I, want, I want the higher. I mean, that street. you can see my picks. I completely agree with you in that regard. And I like Abedin as well. Um, the last race is definitely an eye-opener in a spot like this. I'm assuming the 7-5 to five comes from Defusky Island would be my yeah, guess. I would think so. Coming from, I mean, that big race at Belmont. And then the second, uh, the race coming back, lost to Accredive, who's a very nice Chad Brown yep. uh, Colt. But I went with the number five, a la carte. I, I understand these horses the last few races. Even Mott tried him on the turf to see if he would take to anything. Didn't do it. But there's just a lot of really nice horses in the running lines for a la carte after those first two uh, maiden wins that were very good at goal, or a maiden second and a maiden win at Gulfstream. Comes to Keeneland, runs eight and a quarter behind Bourbon Heist, who's a very nice horse. Tries him on the turf, does not work out whatsoever. And then now it's Saratoga going six. Loses to a credit of just not really firing. But since that, I mean, since that race, he's worked another bullet in 46 and four and 48 and three. Both, I believe, are B to B plus workouts on the sheet. I'm very interested in a la carte. If he can, if Junior can be a little more aggressive like he was 
in those Gulfstream races. I believe that a la carte at eight to one could get up and at least hang on for a piece in the money, if not um, on top. Just, you know, this is one of those horses that you're playing back numbers and I'm just hoping for a really good trip. But you know what? I'm looking at it, Kyle, and I have no idea if if they are accurate. But, boy, at face value, don't those two Gulfstream numbers look a little high based on yeah. what's happened since then? You're right. <laughs> you know, and, and again, I, I, I'm not – I'm not the guy who figures them out, so I have no reason. And I know that the buyer people go back and look and adjust. So, but I'm just saying that's to go from 96. Interesting. This horse was a five-year-old maiden. Kyle. Yep, that is correct. So it took some while to it took a while to get this horse going, but you know, probably no one is good or better than Mr. Mott in that type of scenario. As far as being patient, you get Mott, you get Junior. Yep. Uh, I'm just happy to hear it wasn't a hunch play for you, Kyle, based on the name. No, yeah. Even I though, didn't think it was because you're not really an a la carte guy. You're more no, of a buffet guy. Absolutely. I would you know <laughs> that I'm a I'm a go up four times type of guy is correct as compared to the a la carte. You're more of a la plate guy. Which well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> which you'll see, which you'll see um actually next September. Um if you decide to come to the oh you kidding me to the celebration Absolutely. i know you'll be there there's no tent no doubt in my mind that you'll be there but paul real quick before we end the show i want to go over at least a little bit for those yeah. uh involved about the late the last uh few stakes, stakes races sure race number seven is the lake placid stakes um i'll bring up the pps unfortunately we don't have picks obviously if you want full in-depth analysis please go watch thursday night show with pete howard and of course paul halloran on the screen um, they went over the late pick five for today. Uh, just for detail. the record, our friend Pete was out playing with Dumbo. Oh, that's right. That's, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Disney, You're right. I, we love right. Pete, but let's not give him credit. He was out schmoozing with Goofy and Howard and I were doing the grunt work. That's right. It's Pete. It's, sorry. It's Howard and Paul. Excuse me. I forgot that Pete wasn't there. That's that's called habit, Paul. That's what that is. Yes. That's called habit. But uh, the Lake Placid Stakes. Uh, morning line Oof. favorite is the number seven surge capacity at three to one. I mean, it looks to be that type of race where it's very competitive, very, um, very lukewarm favorites. And there's many different ways you can go in that spot. Yeah. We talked about this uh, four chads in the race. Uh, I went with all four, two A's and two B's. <laughs> uh, I landed on tax implications. Uh the one thing I would say is uh, Surge Capacity, who I believe is the morning line favorite. Yes, the seven. Is, oh, uh, no, the he? seven. Surge Capacity is three to one. Yeah, the seven's the morning line favorite. He really, uh, she, here we go again. She yeah. really did. <laughs> she got a dream trip up the rail, uh, up the hedge last time, if you yep. will. Uh uh, so I, I wanted to go a little bit different. Uh, Chad is high on a spray on the cutback, cutting back from a mile and a quarter. Should be running late. You know, if you're playing a caveman and you can't go four deep, uh, you got to, you know, it really is like walking in a minefield figuratively. You know, you, you just yeah. got to, you know, you you know that there's a chance you're going to get beat by a, a good horse, but that those are the decisions you have to make. Yep, you got to decide which Chad to use and which Chad to throw out. Um, you know, obviously a spray beating horse is like breath away. Um, and then obviously was in the race last time at the Belmont Oaks and a mile and a quarter with horses like Aspen Grove. Prerequisite was also in this spot and Papilio. There's just many different ways you can go in this spot. 
And I mean, prerequisite on the outside is going to be the speed of the speed looks like surge capacity had a nice run up the rail last time. Tax implications was another one in that spot who got a really nice run. And obviously a spray as you touched on many different ways you can go in that spot as well. And then real quickly before we end the show, the Alabama stakes, of course, the feature on today's card, grade one, 600,000 for three-year-old Phillies going a mile and a quarter. Of course, the morning line favorite is the number two wet paint coming off uh, the win in the um, the coaching club Oaks um, last time early, uh, late in July. Paul, I actually I haven't gotten to watch the show yet, so I actually don't know who you went with in this spot, but please expound on your picks. I uh, I am all in on wet paint, and I yeah. and the more I listen, I, I think I'm not in the majority. It seems like there's people are making cases to beat wet paint, and, and I get it. You know yep. this, you know this is a good race. Well, it's always a good race. It's one of the premier races for three year old fillies every year. You know, and you could make a case for virtually all of them, and probably you could. I could make a case for Sabre Tough at 30 to 1 because it's Dallas Stewart and he's tremendous with long shots. Long shots. Uh, Chocolate Gelato uh, appears to be a horse who's going to go for Todd. Yep. Uh, maybe or maybe not in the interest of setting it up for Gambling Girl, but she'll also be setting it up for Wet Paint. That's very uh, true. I believe the two best three year old fillies in the country of Wet Paint and Pretty Mischievous. We saw Pretty Mischievous. Uh, win the test under very unfortunate circumstances. Right. Uh, she'll go back out to, uh, she'll go back out to a, a route of ground. And yep. I think you'll see them both uh, in, uh, I think you'll see them both in the uh, distaff. Um, I just think at this distance, adding a, uh, an eighth of a mile, uh, wet paint is a bit of a grinder. So she is susceptible to a, not a really fast pace. Uh, had no chance in the Oaks because of that uh, was last uh, it was toward the back of the pack rather. And just, you weren't closing from that far back yeah. uh, closed at Ellis at a time when no one was closing at Ellis. And last time she grinded down the one sacred wish who's, who's right back here. So very competitive race, but I, I am, I am uh, all in on wet paint. I am also all in on wet paint, Paul, that, you know, you see, Yours of validation is Uncle Howard. When you validate me, Paul, that's where I am. That's where I love it. Don't get carried away. (laughs) But the last thing I want to touch on real quick, um, obviously number eight randomized. Two very big numbers, both in the Wilton and the Maiden Breaker at Aqueduct. Looks to be the speed of the speed in that spot. Taxed is another one, obviously. um, Your Black Eyed Susan winner by three and three quarters is another one that looks to be there at the end. But last thing, Paul, and then we'll move on, or then we'll end the show. Uh, there's a lot of love in the chat. I can assume, as you can probably assume, for Julia Shining, who yeah. um, obviously third in the Ashland, won the Demoiselle, um, has been working really well. But I mean, she doesn't have to improve too much. But this is probably, in my opinion, at least, this is probably the best Grade One that we've seen at Saratoga so far this year. Well, as Howard and I talked about the other night, that this race has similarities to the Kentucky Derby in which every horse goes in not having run a mile and a quarter. Now you have Phillies who have never run a mile and a quarter and uh, may not ever run it again unless they come back next year in the personal ensign, right? Yep. Um, But I will say this. Curlin out of an AP indie mayor named Dreaming of Julia. So 
I'm going to go out on a tiny limb and say the distance is not going to get this horse beat. Yep. And if you want, for those of you Julia Shining fans, Todd Pletcher, 60 to 180 days in dirt stake races, 31%. So, you know, uh, you know, pretty good numbers, I would say. So I have her as a B. Uh, I have a few questions that are not going to get beat. I think you hit the nail on the head. I think randomized is very dangerous, uh, although I do have her as a B. Uh, I, I have wet paint as a lone A here. It, it might be a, a over aggressive stand, uh, but you know you, you got to make yeah. stands. Yeah, right? I was to say you got to be aggressive somewhere, Paul. And trust me, with wet paint, I agree with you that it's a great place to do it. But guys, we're going to end the show here, Saratoga today. But stay on the HHA's Racing Podcast channel. Yep, we're back on in ten minutes, ladies and gentlemen. Where's my woodbine PPs? Yeah. <laughs> Where's my woodbine PPs? Jesus, this guy is a slave driver. <laughs> Got to figure out where my woodbine stuff is. But in ten minutes, we will be covering the woodbine king's plate stakes and that middle pick five, which is all stakes. It's a very nice sequence, as we said it at the beginning of the show. It's woodbine's best day of the year, so stick around for that. But guys, good luck today at Saratoga. Crush your bets, and with everything, with the Lake Placid and Alabama stakes, it's shaping up for a great day of racing. For Paul Halloran and, of course, myself, Kyle Roscoe, crush your bets today at Saratoga. Good luck, everyone. Bye-bye. Podcast, you're missing out. It's one of the best podcasts in the country.